Spirit of the Lord and the Word of God tonight. If you have your Bibles, let's uh, go together to the book of Romans, the 8th chapter, and you can just remain seated if you'd like because we've got pretty lengthy reading, and I've already been um, informed uh, by one of our members. I won't mention the name, but they, they reminded me now, said, we're not paying you by the hour. So, uh, <laughs> so I guess it doesn't matter. I, I, you can take that how you want to. I think, I think he meant it that don't, you don't have to preach an hour. But he might have meant it doesn't matter if you go two or three hours. It's the same amount of pay. I don't know. But uh, we'll, we'll not keep you very long, the Lord willing. Famous last words. Amen. Romans 8 and beginning in verse 1, this is a very powerful, powerful chapter. And I love the 8th chapter of Romans. And um, it makes a great distinction between flesh and spirit, carnality and spirituality. There is therefore now, everybody say now, no condemnation. To them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now, I've heard this scripture quoted, and it, they, most people only use the first part of that verse. There's now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. But uh, if I'm walking in the flesh, I need God to give me some condemnation. I don't want to ever get to the point where I walk in the flesh rather than in the spirit and I can do things that are wrong and not feel condemnation. So understanding this, that that promise is to those who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. Aren't you thankful for that? That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now, I hope before we leave here tonight, everybody in this congregation will be walking after the Spirit. Does anybody here want more of God than you've had before? Amen. In order to do that, we have got to continue after the Spirit of God. When we were in the flesh, we walked after the flesh and the things of the flesh. But once we are filled with the Spirit, it doesn't stop when you speak in tongues. Matter of fact, that's just the beginning of this thing. It goes on and we continue walking after the Spirit. They that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit what do they mind? The things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. 
but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. That's the furthest apart on the spectrum. To be carnal minded is death, but to be spiritual minded is life and not just life, but peaceable life. Can you say amen? So, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. This is a very important statement because I don't think there's a person here in their right mind that wants to be an enemy of God. We just sung the chorus, I am a friend of God. Well, I, don't, I certainly don't want to be an enemy of God. But the Bible said that the carnal mind is enmity against God for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. When I hear people talking about how hard it is to live for God, well, I don't know if I can keep the commandments of God. I don't know if I can do what all is required of a Christian uh, to, to, to do that, to make it to heaven. But the scripture says that the carnal mind is the one that's not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can be. May I introduce this thought to your thinking tonight, that if you're having trouble subjecting yourself to God, maybe you should take some inventory and say, my mind must be carnal rather than spiritual. For the carnal mind is not able to become subject unto the laws of God. But the spiritual mind, hallelujah, and that's why today we must have a spiritual mind. The carnal mind cannot be subject, but the spiritual mind has no problem being subject unto God. Can you say praise the Lord? So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. That ought to be enough motivation for everybody here tonight to say, I don't want to be in the flesh. I don't want to go after the flesh. I don't want to be a carnal-minded person. But God make me spiritual-minded. But you, now, now Paul turns this around and he's talking to the church. You are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. And there's that little two-letter word that changes a whole lot of things. If. You are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Is anybody thankful tonight that God filled you with the Holy Ghost? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because he said if the Spirit of God dwell in you, then you don't have to worry about it. You are not in the flesh. But if we have not, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Tonight I want to teach for just a few minutes on this thought, the importance of the Spirit of Christ. Does anybody here tonight realize how much you need the Spirit of Christ? We must be careful not only to believe the gospel, we must be careful not only to repent of our sins, we must be careful not only to be filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of our sins, 
But we must also have the Spirit of Christ. Now, I know what some of you are thinking because you're saying, well, if you've got the Holy Ghost, you've got the Spirit of Christ, and that's true. But how many of you have ever seen somebody that went to the altar, they prayed, they got baptized in Jesus' name, they were filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake with tongues and went right back out and began to do the things of the world once again? Now, I'm not talking about uh, little babies that have to learn how to live for God and serve God. We have to be very patient with people and not, not to condemn people that have just been born again. They're just babes in Christ. But I'm talking about people that just immediately go right back to the same old lifestyle, go back to the old, uh, like the, the Bible calls it, the, the hog that was washed, wallowing in the mire, the dog returning to its vomit, going right back to the same old lifestyle that they had before. Understand that it doesn't stop once you receive the Holy Ghost, that it doesn't end once you speak in tongues. Uh, we see people, we used to use the term a lot, We've got five people seeking God. We've got five people seeking the Holy Ghost. And then once they would receive the Holy Ghost, sometimes they think, well, that's the end of it. But that's really just the beginning when we get born again. You don't take a brand new baby that just got born and lay him there in the crib and say, well, uh, we can go off and leave him now because he's all the work's done, the labor's over with. He's done got born again. Uh, but no, we, we've got to keep on keeping on. We've got to press our way. We We've got to follow after the Spirit. We must have the Spirit of Christ. Just speaking in tongues is the initial sign or evidence of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But to have the Spirit of Christ, that's what I want to emphasize this evening. What is the Spirit of Christ? Well, First of all, John 4 and 24 says God is a spirit, all right? So the spirit is God, and Christ, the word Christ comes from the uh, Greek word Christos, and it means anointing or oil, anointing oil. Messiah was the same thing as in the Hebrew, and it is the anointed one. But understanding that, what we see in the spirit of Christ, it is God's anointing or God's anointed. Luke 4 explains this. If we look at the beginning of the ministry of Jesus, you can turn over to, to the book of Luke, the fourth chapter. Verse 18 said, the spirit of the Lord, here's the spirit. Now, Jesus is saying this. He rose up at the synagogue in Nazareth stood up as his custom was to read. And at 20, 30 years old, something different happens today at the Bible reading. He reads from the book of Isaiah and he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me. Now here is the spirit of, of Christ. Here is the God of the anointing. Can you see this? And he says, here's what's going to happen when the Spirit comes to anoint me. He has anointed me. Here is my mission. Here is my spirit. Here is what I'm sent to this world to do, to preach the gospel to the poor, 
He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance unto the captive, the recovering of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised. If you want to know if you have the Spirit of Christ, you see, Jesus said, the works that I do shall ye do, and greater than these shall ye do. Know why? Because God said, I'm going to put my spirit in you. And so that the works that I've done, come on, healing the brokenhearted, setting at liberty those that are bruised, a, a, a deliverance to the captives, you're going to be doing the same thing because I'm going to put the spirit of Christ, the spirit of the anointing in you. When we receive the Holy Ghost, that's wonderful. But don't stop there. God wants us every day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week to have the spirit of Christ. We are constantly seeking after. The Bible said we're not walking after the flesh anymore, but we're walking after the spirit. We are after the Holy Ghost. Bible said that David was a man after God's own heart. A lot of people interpret that, well, you know, that means he's just like God. He had a heart like God's heart. But you stop and think about it for a minute. David did some things God wouldn't, was not pleased with. None of us, even though we are supposed to be Christians, which means Christ-like, how many of you know every day we come short of being like him? So this is a continual thing. We hear a lot about I die daily, and I believe that we must. There is a daily repentance that needs to take place. What are we dying to? We're dying out to the flesh. We're dying out to carnality. But do you understand there's another scripture that said, though this outward man perish, though this flesh dies out every day, the inward man has got to be renewed day by day. We need a spiritual, come on, hallelujah, a chasing after God, if you please, after God's own heart. It was David that said, I, I, he was a man after God's heart. Lord, give me a heart like yours. If we ever feel like we've attained, then we're deceived. That's why the Apostle Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, said, Brethren, I think not that I've attained this. I haven't yet attained it. Haven't reached my goal, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, I reach forth for the things that are before. I press, I press toward the prize of the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. There's a mark out there. I'm pressing to be Christ-like. I want to continually have the spirit of Christ. If we have that spirit, we're going to have the same message that Jesus had. We're going to have the same attitude that Jesus had. Come on, we're going to have the same mission that Jesus had. And it was to preach the gospel, to, to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, and set at liberty them that are bruised. I'm going to tell you, we're living in a world where there's a lot of captives. There's a lot of broken hearts. There are a lot of bruised people. And our job as Christians is not to put them down, not to condemn them, not to judge them, 
But our job is to heal the brokenhearted. Come on, do we have the spirit of Christ? The spirit of Christ doesn't say, you're broken, I can't do anything with you. The spirit of Christ says, you're broken, I'm going to heal you. If we have the spirit of Christ, we're going to see to those that are captive or that are addicted, whether it be to to drugs, to alcohol, to cigarettes, to to pornography, to whatever it might be, not to cast them off, but to say, God has put a spirit of anointing in me so that I can have the spirit of Christ. Therefore, I'm going to set at liberty. I'm going to help you get free from your addiction. We shouldn't have to even have a program in the church that does that. Everybody that has the spirit of Christ will automatically have the mission of reaching those that are captivated, that are addicted and saying, uh, we've got something that can set you free. Hallelujah. Woo. Hallelujah. Glory. And don't let the devil tell you because you've fallen or you've failed or you had a, a slip up or messed up that you can't do anything for God. Peter denied he knew him three times. And the third time, to make sure everybody knew it, he started cussing like the old sailor he was. (laughs) I don't know him. And he started his little cussing routine again. Then, then, you know, he he, he done gave up. He said, Jesus is gone. He's done left us. And we thought he was going to come. I'm just going to throw this in here. This, This won't cost you a penny more. We get so caught up in the politics of this world and the politics even of our own nation. And we think, oh, Lord, if this one gets elected, what are we going to do? If that one is elected, what are we going to do? And, dear God, what, our, our nation's going to crumble and our nation's going to fall. And, and, well, every kingdom's going to fall because there's only going to be one king in the end, the king of kings and the Lord of lords, the kingdom of God. But un- understanding that, We must understand that God is in control of this whole situation. Amen? God is in control. We are not, uh, Jesus had to rebuke the disciples because they, when, when he died and was buried and then they didn't see him for a while and then they wondered what was going on. You know what was going through their mind those three days? Well, we thought, here's what they said. We thought he would be the one that would come and wipe out all this political mess that we're in here in Israel these Romans ruling us telling us what to do making us pay taxes oh yeah it was it was a big mess it was corruption come on corruption not only in the with the Romans but with the Jewish leaders they were in cahoots with the Romans that the Bible said many of them believed on the Lord but would not confess him because they loved the praises of men more than the praises of God many of the chief elders and rulers of the synagogue would not confess him because they were afraid they would be put out of their political position and so when Jesus comes he's the Messiah oh oh, here's the Messiah he's going to come set up his kingdom right here on earth all these all this political garbage and all this corruption is going to be done away with and Jesus is going to wipe them all out we're going to have victory and then he leaves and they're disappointed and Peter says I tell you what I'm going to do boys y'all can do what you want to but I'm going back to fishing 
going to go back to my old lifestyle. I thought Jesus was going to come and do this. And do this. As a matter of fact, remember they asked him that later on right before he ascended. They said, is this the time you're going to come and restore Israel? And Jesus said, it's not for you to know the seasons nor the times. I tell you what you do. You go back to Jerusalem and get filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm going to tell you, if you've got the Holy Ghost tonight, you don't you worry about who's president or who's not president or, or who's corrupt and who's not corrupt because Jesus is the Lord of lords and Jesus is the King of kings. And if you get, whoa, hallelujah, this is something that's going to take us out of here. This kingdom of this world is not ours, but we've got a kingdom that's an everlasting kingdom. It's called the kingdom of God. It is not meat or drink. It is not how much money you got in the bank account. It's not how prosperous your nation is. The kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Well, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And so that's what the spirit of Christ is about. It's not to come and destroy every, all the enemies. It's to save them. It's not to beat up those that are cast down. It's to lift them up. Now, let me go back to where I was before I threw in that little hors d'oeuvre in there. Here Peter just denied the Lord three times, cussed, but something happened. God said, I'm going to have you stand up on the day of Pentecost when they cry out, men and brethren, what shall we do? And I'm going to give you the message of redemption. I'm going to let you preach the gospel because my anointing and my spirit is on you. And God had filled Peter with the Holy Ghost. I'm going to tell you something. When you get the spirit of Christ, something inside of you, instead of pulling out a, a physical sword and cutting ears and heads off, God gives you the word, the sword of the spirit, which is a word of God to save people, not to kill them. What shall we do? And Peter stood up with the 11 and said, Ye men of Israel, let it be known today if you want to be saved, this is the plan. Repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You're going to get the spirit of Christ. And, and when you had the spirit of the devil, you hated people. Now you get the spirit of Christ, you love people that you used to hate. When you had the spirit of the devil in you, you were a racist and didn't like anybody that wasn't of your culture. But when you got the spirit of Christ, you don't see color anymore. Woo! You don't see culture anymore. You see souls. You see people. Used to make fun of the drunkard and the drug addict and, and call them drug heads and, and, and blockheads and all kind of crazy stuff. But when you get the spirit of Christ, uh, you look at them as a soul and you don't see them shooting heroin in the vein. Uh, you see them coming to the altar and God filling them with a Holy Ghost and, and see them go down in the water in Jesus' name. Woo!
Do you have the spirit of Christ? Do you have the spirit of Christ? Let me, let me give you an example. The, well, no, 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 let me, let me, I got to get back down here to my story. I'm, I'm losing it. That Peter, that guy that, you know, just cussed and did all this stuff. Now he gets through preaching the message, telling them about the plan of salvation. They baptized 3,000 souls that day in the name of Jesus. Then he and John, a few days later, are walking into the temple. And they look down there and they see a man that they've walked by day after day after day for years. The Bible said this lame man was laid at the beautiful gate, the gate that entered into the temple, so that the only way you could get in the temple was walk by this lame man. And the Bible said Peter and John was walking by him like they had so many times before, but today was different. Oh, I love it when we come to the house of God and people come thinking, well, it's just going to be another Wednesday night service. And all of a sudden, God breaks out and does something miraculous. Hallelujah. And Peter walks by there and all of a sudden he stops and John said, whoa, 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 what's going on? Said, I'm feeling something all of a sudden. He looked down at that lame man. He said, look on us. He looked up, the Bible said, expecting to receive something. Probably thought he would get a, a little gold or a little silver. He, he, he was a smart man. He figured if they're not saved going into the temple enough to give me something, maybe they'll get something in there. When they come out, they'll give me something. <laughs> and then, then he hears these words and his spirit drops. He says, silver and gold, have we none? But he didn't do like some would do. Wished I could help you out, buddy, but maybe, maybe some other time when I got something, I can help you and walk on our way. How many times have we walked into the house of God? Maybe walked by somebody, drove by somebody, maybe just looked at them, maybe threw a, a dollar in their little begging bucket. When actually we'd have stopped and said, you know what? I feel something inside of me. I know I spoke in tongues the other day. I know God filled me with the Holy Ghost, but I'm feeling the spirit of the anointed one in me. I'm feeling the spirit of Christ in me. And he looks down at the man and says, silver and gold we don't have, but such as I have, I give I unto thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the hand and lifted him up and his legs and ankle bones um, received strength and they took him into the temple uh, dancing and leaping and shouting for joy because the spirit of Christ is come to set at liberty them that are bruised to heal the broken heart let me give you a little example over in the ninth chapter of Luke Bible said verse 51 it came to pass when the time was come that he should be received up he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem and sent messengers before his face and they went and entered into a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. And they did not receive him because his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem. Now the Jews and the Samaritans were enemies. 
They both were racist. Jews didn't like the Samaritans. Samaritans didn't like the Jews. Don't come on my turf and we won't come on your turf. So Jesus said, I tell you what, I'm going to go to Jerusalem, but I'm going to go through Samaria. <laughs> and then they said, no, you're not. And they had a little guard up there saying, you're going to have to go around this city. We're not letting any Jews walk through here. And watch this now. When his disciples, James and John, saw this. <laughs> I mean, these, these are the two pillars of the assembly. <laughs> Henry and Norris. <laughs> pillars of the assembly. James and John heard that. They said, Jesus... Would you have us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them like Elijah did? They're getting ready. Boy, we're going to show, we'll show these Samaritans. Lord, you give us the word. We'll call fire down from heaven and wipe them all out, a whole bunch of them. How many think they had the spirit of Christ? <laughs> no, they had the spirit of James and the spirit of John. You say, well, Brother Carson, I believe. And Brother Carson, I got baptized in Jesus' name. Brother Carson, I spoke in tongues. God filled me with the Holy Spirit. But do you have the Spirit of Christ? Because you can speak in tongues like a Chinaman. And your old spirit and your old flesh say, well, if they're going to sit on that side of the church, I'm going to sit over here. I've had people, I've reached out, shake the hand, brother Eric, and they, they just, I have, more than once. Yeah, try to shake their hand. I mean, purposely, I'm not going to shake your hand. Called themselves Christians. They spoke in tongues when they got the Holy Ghost. They were baptized in Jesus' name. But they got that old pulley bone. Some of y'all going to be pulling tomorrow, caught down here somewhere in their crawl. And they did, they, they, well, I don't like him. And boy, it's amazing. Some people can hold a grudge <laughs> to the grave. That's the truth. But not if we have the Spirit of Christ. Because while they're spitting in his face, while they're plucking the beard off of his face, while they're mocking him and saying, he's saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And so Jesus says, no, boys, you, 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 I want you to look at what he says to them. Now, watch this. These are, these are James and John now. James and John. James goes on to be the, one of the pillars of the church elders of the church in Jerusalem and John notice they said they said Lord wilt thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and Jesus turned and rebuked them and said you know not what manner of spirit you are of 
For the Son of Man, come on, if you want the Spirit of Christ, you got to understand that Christ is not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them, and they went to another village. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, if this hadn't happened right here, there may never have been a woman at the well. There may never have been a great revival in Samaria when Philip went down to preach there, and people were baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. There wouldn't have been a Samaritan and to save if James and John had done what their spirit wanted to do. Don't get me wrong. I believe in speaking in tongues and I believe that's the initial, but that's the key, the initial evidence of the Holy Ghost. But I've seen people that could speak in tongues, but they treat you like the devil have no spirit of Christ in them whatsoever. You say, how can that be? How can they have the Holy Ghost not have the spirit of Christ? Well, the thing is, have you ever seen an apple tree that was 100% apple tree, but it bore no fruit? What did Jesus say to the fig tree that bore no fruit? No man eat fruit of thee from this day forward. Dried up at the roots. Not only do we need to receive the Holy Ghost, we need to keep the Holy Ghost. We need to continually have the Spirit of Christ so that we can bear the fruit of the Spirit. We're going to get into that just in a little while. But watch this now. You know not what spirit you are of. How many believe they had the Spirit of Christ? No. If they'd had the spirit of Christ, they'd have said, Lord, would you like for us to go through here and pray for all these folks that they'll all get saved? But no, they're saying, Lord, you want us to call fire down from heaven and consume them all? Why wait to hell? Let's give them some hell right now. (laughs) Dear God. If we're not careful, we get that same old spirit. Somebody comes in that did us wrong 45 years ago. What are they doing here? Some backslider. Come on, I'm talking about restoring. Restoration. Come on, restoring, reviving. Some backslider, some prodigal that's been gone for years and comes back to God. They're not going to look the same. They're not going to smell the same. They're not going to act the same. Uh, But I'm telling you, when they come here, they ought to feel the same thing they felt when they walked off. They ought to know that God is still God, that people still love God, that the Spirit of Christ that will love them will give sight to the blind. They've become blinded. My son David told me, he said, Dad, that deception didn't come on me overnight. It just kind of came a little at a time until I was just, next thing I knew, I was blind. And when I came back to God, it didn't all just, I just didn't snap finger and I was seeing everything clear. It took time. It was like layers of scales that fell off my eyes. And a little at a time. What What if while in the process of that, while he was still hanging on to some of those old habits, somebody walks around and says, hey, I thought you got renewed in the Holy Ghost. I thought you came back to God. What are you doing smoking that cigarette? Uh, uh, 
I heard you say that cuss word. Huh. Well, I'm going to tell you something. When you use that word, every other word, for 20 years, it's going to slip out again sometime. <laughs> now, you got a, you got a choice. You can condemn yourself or wait till some good old saint comes by and condemns you. Or you can say, you know what? Thank God for the spirit of Christ. And somebody comes by and says, hey, that's all right, sister. Uh, uh, you, you're going to let those things slip out every once in a while, but don't, don't let that get you down. God's going to help you. <laughs> and some of you are sitting there saying, man, it's been 50 years since I said a cuss word. Watch out. <laughs> God may show you just how strong you are or how weak you are. And some come up, and next thing you know, whoop! Where in the world did that come from? <laughs> but if we have the Spirit of Christ, we're not here to judge one another. Because if we do, and, and here's why I'm, I'm saying it can come out on you too. Because if you judge others, you're going to be judged by the same judgment that you've judged them with. That's the word of God. That's the word of God. So how many want mercy? Then show mercy. How many wants forgiveness? Then give forgiveness. Come on, how many wants to be loved? How many wants to be set free? How many wants to be delivered? Hallelujah. Then, then deliver others, set others free. Come on, let the spirit of Christ operate. Let it operate in you. Hallelujah. So, just like the woman that was caught in adultery. They come dragging her through the crowd, through the mob. And they throw her down at the feet of Jesus and all this crowd gathers around. Say, we'll see what he's going to do now. They said, Moses said she should be stoned. What do you say? And Jesus was teaching and he just knelt down and started writing in the, on the earth and uh, as if he didn't even hear them. You know why? Because... That's what the Spirit of Christ does. Doesn't give in to pressure. Doesn't give in to the peers. Say, you know, the hypocrites. I'm telling you they were hypocrites because the Bible said they caught her in the very act. Well, where's the dude? Huh? Takes two to commit adultery. At least. Where was the man at? Might have been one of them. But I noticed one thing. Jesus knelt down again, and he starts writing in the earth. Now, I've got some scripture for this. It says, the name of the wicked shall be written in the earth. In the book of Proverbs, you can look it up. I think that's where it's at. Used to know right where's that, but I'm getting older, so y'all bear with me. But it's there. I wonder if he wrote down somebody's name 
And that dude looked down there. Because the Bible said they went out from the least unto the eldest. Every one of them just walked out. What made them all walk out one at a time? He writes this one's name down, puts a little dash by it, and what he did. He goes, out they go. Until when he gets through writing all these names, he looks up, and everybody's gone but the woman. He said, woman, where are thine accusers? See, if they'd have had the spirit of Christ, they wouldn't have been accusers. The devil is the accuser. The Bible said he's constantly accusing the brethren. He's before the Lord accusing the brethren. When you become an accuser, you get on the devil's side. But Jesus is also the Bible said at the right hand or at the authority of the throne of God and he is making intercession for the saints of God. Woo, hallelujah. He is the mediator between God and man. Understand if you have the spirit of Christ, you won't be an accuser. You'll be an intercessor. Hallelujah. Come on, you'll pray in the Holy Ghost for people and you will intercede for those that are in need. So he says to the crowd, whoever's without sin, let him cast the first stone. And they all went out because Jesus let them see their sin. And he looks at the woman. The only one left there that could have picked up a stone was who? Jesus. The only one there without any sin. He had the stone that could have ended her life. But instead, he chose to say these words, neither do I condemn you. Now, some people think if you don't condemn, then you condone. condone. But no, no. You cannot condemn somebody and still not condone what they're doing. Because Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. But I didn't come, he said, to destroy men's life. Woo, hallelujah. But to save them. That's the spirit of Christ. John 10 and 10, the, Jesus said that the thief is come, not come but for to steal and to kill and destroy. But I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. The message of Jesus is the message of life. Come on, the spirit of Christ will bring you life and abundant life. So I know it's easy for our flesh to get frustrated. It's easy for us to, to, to get a spirit of hatred and, and uh division in us about people that don't believe exactly like we do or look like we do or act like we do but we've got to understand that salvation is a journey I, I, I love to sing those old songs I'm saved and I know that I am I can take you to the place I can tell you now the time when the Lord saved me, you know. But I'm going to tell you, most of the time when we use that term, what we're really talking about is the place where we started our journey of salvation. Because 
the journey's not over yet. Look over to your neighbor and say, journey's not over yet. No, not over. Uh-huh. Starts with believing. He that cometh to God must believe that he is. It goes on to confession. With the heart man believeth, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. All these terms, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. All of these are steps in the journey of salvation. Starts with believing, confession, repentance, water, baptism. But if you notice, all the references to salvation are in the future. Shall be, shall be, shall be, shall be. Faithfulness is part of that journey because the Bible said it is required in stewards that they be found faithful. Some of y'all act like you're afraid to say that word. Everybody shout it. Faithful. Woo. <laughs> One more time. Faithful. Mm. And then eventually that final step along the journey. He that endureth unto the end shall be saved. See, anybody made it to the end yet? <laughs> I, I guess not because you're still here. Now, if while I'm preaching, I preach so long you, you fall over dead, we'll say they made it to the end. <laughs> Endured, endured unto the end. That's right. <laughs> but in the spirit of Christ, we are all on this journey. Some people are closer to the finish line than others. Some of it just started their journey. We don't take a newborn baby down here to Longhorn and grab a ribeye and stick it in his mouth and say, eat this, this is good protein. <laughs> We give them the sincere milk. The Bible speaks the sincere milk of the word of God until they grow thereby and get matured and get stronger. Now, granted, I know there's some people been in it for 30, 40 years and still hadn't got matured. Paul addressed that too. He said, some of you ought to be teaching others and you have to be taught again yourself. You ought to be on the meat and you're still on the baby food. But... That's all right. I'm not here to judge you or condemn you. I'm here to see you get through the journey. Come on. We're here to see each other make it on the journey. Hallelujah. If I'm walking with my brother along this journey, come here, Brother Brian, help me out a little bit. If I'm walking with my, my brother on this journey and we're side by side and I fall down, two's better than one. Because the Bible said if one fall down, the other can lift him up. We're not here to, uh, you know, if I fall down, he's going to kick me down a little further and say, now just stay there, you old sorry thing. I knew you wasn't going to make it anyway. No. We're here to help one another on this journey. And the more love we can show, the more love's going to be returned to us. Jesus had a mission, and that was his mission. And if we have the Spirit of Christ, we'll have the same mission. I ask you a question. Do we have the Spirit of Christ? Well, I got baptized, Pastor. <laughs> but do you have the Spirit of Christ? 
Well, I, I, I got the Holy Ghost, but do you have the Spirit of Christ? I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm going to hurry. But, but look at this with me. I want you to watch something happens over here in the 8th chapter of Acts, verse 9. There was a certain man named Simon. That was Simon the sorcerer which before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that he himself was some great one, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. And to him they had regard because that of long time he had bewitched them with sorceries. But when they believed Philip, Preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God. Now, Philip had the spirit of Christ and he's gone down to the Samaritans and he's preaching the gospel to them. And when they heard it and they believed it, the Bible said he was preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. When they heard it, they believed it and they were baptized both men and women, and Simon himself, watch this now, believed also. Everybody say Simon believed. And he was baptized. Everybody say Simon was baptized. And he continued with Philip. Everybody say he continued. And wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. Now, when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them only. They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then laid they their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. Everybody say, Simon believed. Simon was baptized in Jesus' name, and Simon received the Holy Ghost. But watch this. When Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me also this power that on whomsoever I lay my hands he may receive the Holy Ghost. But Peter said unto him, Thy money perish with thee because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. I'm telling you, you can believe, you can be baptized and you can receive the Holy Ghost and your heart not be right with God. What did he say do? Repent. He didn't say, you sorry devil, get out of here. We don't want you around our church. You're kind. No, he said, repent. Repent. Therefore, this thy what? Wickedness. And pray to God if perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. For I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. I know this is a little touchy. But if you think just because you came down the altar and spoke in tongues one time that you've got a home free to heaven right now, 
we have to continually, if we have to die daily, we've got to be revived daily. Come on, if we, we, if we die daily, we've got to be renewed daily. We need to be after the Spirit of Christ. Can you say amen? Not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. And say, Lord, help me today. Our prayer when we get up in the morning ought to say, Lord, give me the Spirit of Christ. Help me to have the Spirit that Jesus had. To love, to forgive, to have a pure heart. Woo, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, God. I want you, I want you to look at this in closing. Galatians 5. And I promise you, we're going to stop within the next five minutes. I, I didn't say I'd be done. I said, I'll stop. Galatians, the fifth chapter. And let's, let's just start reading down verse 13. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh. But by love, serve one another. Just because you've got liberty doesn't give you the right to try to run everybody's life and tell them what's wrong with them and judge everybody. He said, but love, by love, serve one another. For all the laws fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Watch this now. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. Lord, should we call fire down from heaven and consume them? What fire is right here in our tongue that we consume one another with bitterness and backbiting and tail tattling? And come on now. Same spirit that, they, that James and John had said, you know not what spirit you're of. That's not the spirit of Christ, church. This I say then, walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Just because you receive the spirit doesn't mean that you don't need to continue walking in the spirit. That's the problem. Many times we leave the altar and that's the last experience we have. We need to be speaking in tongues every day and not just speaking in tongues. We need to start bearing the fruit of the Spirit. Oh, let me hurry up. I shouldn't walk down there because it just takes that much longer walking down there and coming back. But if you be led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, reveling, and such like of which I tell you before, as I've also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit, Ooh, hallelujah. That's what the Spirit of Christ produces. Can you say amen? amen? Is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. Everybody say it's not against the law to have the Spirit of Christ. Matter of fact, if I'm going to belong to him, I must have.
the spirit of Christ. Stand with me tonight. Hallelujah. And, and verse 24 tells us the very same thing that Romans 8 and 9 said, if we have not the spirit of Christ, we are none of his. Look at verse 24. And they that are Christ's, they that belong to him, have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another, but loving one another, forgiving one another, restoring one another, edifying one another, lifting up one another. Does anybody here have the spirit of Christ tonight? Oh, hallelujah. Has this made us think? I, I just want to, has it helped you to maybe just think that it takes more than just saying a few words in another tongue? If I'm going to have the spirit of Christ, I'm going to do what Christ would do. Years ago, there was a fad people wearing these little rubber uh, bracelets that said WWJD. What would Jesus do? If we would stop and ask ourselves that before we do something or say something, is this the spirit of Christ or is this my spirit? Because let me tell you, we're all human. Everybody take a little, these, these two little fingers right here, thumb and grab a piece of this flesh and, and, and squeeze on it. Ah, we're all flesh. None of us is translated yet unless I... Cause somebody to die while I was preaching, and you, I think we're still on the journey. We haven't endured to the end yet. So, what do you say? We all walk down here toward the front, and as a commitment to God, say, Lord, give me your spirit. Give me your spirit. I don't. I don't want to just receive the Holy Ghost, but I want to walk in the Holy Ghost. I want to live in the Holy Ghost. Come on, I want to pray in the Holy Ghost. I want to sing in the Holy Ghost. I, I want my heart to be in the Holy Ghost. Let me have the spirit of Christ. Lord, when somebody cuts me off in traffic, don't let my spirit rule. Let the spirit of Christ rule and say, well, the Lord bless you now. <laughs> When they speak all manner of evil against you, rejoice. Hallelujah. When they persecute you, rejoice. Uh, don't, don't see, I'm going to get even. I'm going to be the avenger. No, let God take care of that. 